You're listening to an all-new Chasing the Word on Compassion Radio. Well, it's time for Chasing the Word on Compassion Radio. Sandy, welcome back to the microphone. Hello. We are into the book of Psalm 23. We decided to launch 23 with 23. With 23. And we're doing like a month's worth of programs on this. This is the second episode in a little mini-series. And we're going to talk about another word picture theme and how this entire chapter of Psalms approaches this question. Mm-hmm. And the question we're going to have today is about contentment and provision. Because those two things are obviously present in the emotional state of the psalm and in the literal things that are described in the psalm. Right, right. The things that are laid out in front of us in this psalm have so much to do with what we need, with how we're provided for, and how we look at what is provided for us. Is it really provision or is Mm -hmm. it something else? The psalmist does a really good job of telling us those things are there. So let's go explore them together then. We're going to use a different translation than we used last week because we're going to read the entire Psalm 23 every week we do this in a different translation to kind of hone us in on that theme. So this week, which translation? This week we're looking at the message. All right. And that is a a free-form conversational style in the 20th century English written by Eugene Peterson, a great pastor and a wonderful author as well, who has since left us to go to heaven. So let's go ahead and just read those six verses again, and I'll have you do the reading today again. Okay. Psalm 23. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid when you walk at my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head, my cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Interesting end to that version because he says, I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. He's saying that this eternal, beautiful picture of safety is something that is present, mm-hmm. not something that's just hoped for in the future. And that's yeah. worth pursuing, I think, a bit yeah. as we talk about this. When David writes the psalm, he identifies as three different characters, really. We can read it from three different perspectives. That's why we're doing these different takes on this. Mm-hmm. The first one is what the poet himself is saying. And he's not saying he's the shepherd, although we often think about David being the shepherd. He's writing it as a sheep. Mm -hmm. We talked about that last week. He's identifying with and empathizing with the sheep. And we'll talk about that in the future program as well. But the Lord has something to say about this as well. He is in this picture and he's involved. He is the passive person in the prose, but he's actually the active person in what happens. Mm -hmm. There is a place to be because the Lord is there. There is provision because the Lord is there. There are sheep and a shepherd there because he put them there. Mm -hmm. So he is the hidden driver behind all of these emotions and all of these realities, which I think is marvelous. You know, this morning when you and I got up, the first thing we said over our coffee was, oh, there they are. And you said, there's a mamba out there. We looked outside and there was a deer and her fawn working its way through the little orchard where we live here in North Idaho. And within a few minutes, another mama and her baby showed up. And it's like, oh, they're growing so fast because we've been watching these fawns get stronger and bigger even during these winter months. Yeah. So 
that got me on the frame of mind of being a shepherd and a sheep and ewes and lambs and all that kind of stuff. I'm seeing in nature around us something that's not tame, but are a caring image of what it's like to be a family that is in need of protection. Mm. You know, these deer are always being hunted by predators. Right. You know, David had sheep that were always being hunted by predators too. And he talked about the value of the shadow of death in one phrase, which we understand in the human form is about passage through to another life beyond the grave. Possibly. Yeah. But it, it was literally, and people have described this from the text, that it is a place as well that David knew well. And that there is a place you go where the shadows are, where you don't always know what's around the next boulder. You don't know what might jump down on you from above. That is a place that he knows. He's gone through this valley of the shadow of death a numerous times with his own flocks. Mm -hmm. So people have tried to identify, where is this around Bethlehem? Because that's where he did all of his shepherding as a boy. And people have tried to identify the literal place that David identifies as the valley of the shadow of death. How does that ring with you? Well, I haven't been to Israel, to that part of the world, so I don't know what the terrain looks like other than just through pictures. But I have been to Lebanon, and we hiked when we were there in Lebanon to the cedars of Lebanon. Mm. And we hiked through a valley at one point, and our guide, as we were hiking, was quoting out loud the 23rd Psalm, mm. which was super emotional and super cool at the same time. And when he got to this point of saying, even when the way goes through Death Valley or the Valley of the Shadow of Death, I will not be afraid. As we were walking, we were going through this valley and it was it was a steep on either side, kind of not a crevasse, but it was deep and steep and it was a little treacherous and rocky and all of that sort of stuff. And he was quoting this part of the psalm and I thought, this is what David is talking about mm. in that psalm. He's talking about a place that is difficult to traverse, yet there is a path through it if you have the right guide. Mm. And, and you know how to walk. And yeah. It? And then the conversation that we were having as we were walking through there, the gals and I were just like, okay, I'm so glad that this guy's with us and that he's leading us because I wouldn't know where to go through here because there's these offshoots and mm -hmm. little, you know, er extra areas little that you might valleys. wander around in. And it brought this to life to me. I could see that even when I walk through this valley of the shadow of death, which if you got trapped in there, it is a possibility that you might never get out. Um, I don't have to be afraid because we have this perfect guide that has yeah. done this multiple times and he knows the way through. And that's what I see in this scripture. That's what I see the shepherd doing for the sheep or our Lord Jesus doing for us as we walk through these valleys of the shadow of death. Maybe that it's not death itself. Sure seems like it could be sure right around the corner. But it seems like this yeah. is treacherous and this might be the end for me. Or that we're going to be stuck in dead ends. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think about him, David, riding again as a sheep. The implication here is you can go through the valley of shadow of death because you're following a shepherd. Exactly. And if you don't follow a shepherd, you can meander off in all kinds of weird dead ends. Exactly. Now, the shepherd's responsibility, each passage you go through, where there's a crook in the road and where there's a valley that might shoot off the wrong direction, you can imagine the shepherd stepping through that passage and turning around and counting the sheep. Mm -hmm. Because if one's missing, what do you got to do? Got to go find it. You got to stop right where you are. And go find the lost sheep because it will be lost 
forever unless it's found right now. Mm-hmm. And I think he's probably remembering that as being the shepherd where I can remember this sheep getting lost here every single time we go through this valley. It keeps taking the wrong turn every single time. So you prepare for that eventuality and get that sheep. And that might be the one you throw up on your shoulders and walk it up if you have to. Are we doing the Lord, the leader, and the lead? In a future program, we're going to dive into that relationship of the shepherd and the sheep and those kind of passages they do together. But I'm just focusing in right now on how David is imagining this passage. Because you know he's thinking things and only using very sparse language to describe them. Like I've always said in teaching kids in English when we were on staff at a Christian school together, poetry is the maximum amount of meaning in the minimum amount of words. Mm -hmm. And in this psalm, we see that very thing. There is no way you can read through Psalm 23 and not imagine a much bigger scene than is actually being written about. Because you can immediately see yourself in a place where these things could happen. Mm -hmm. And your mind... Your imagination will come to life in just seeing what the sheep sees, Mm -hmm. if nothing else. Well, anytime we read a great poem or a great piece of work, it's art for us, and it does evoke imagination. And that's, that's the goal of the writer, I would think. But it's also just part of our human condition. Our imagination, if we allow it to, can show us gigantic things that draw us into understanding of something that seems difficult to understand. Well, you're talking about physical things that are described that obviously are also stand-ins. They're representative of something deeper, Mm -hmm. something even more real than just standing in the middle of a meadow and eating grass or taking a drink out of a stream or a placid pool. Or having to walk through difficult places. We're seeing a meaning here that applies to so many things that happen to us emotionally in other situations. When do we go through passages like this? Where do we run the risk of ending up in a dead end and feeling like we've been abandoned or left behind? Mm. Or every child, probably every child I can imagine, has to go through this sometime in their life where even if it's only for 15 seconds, feel like everybody else in the universe has disappeared and I'm all alone. Mm -hmm. We all have felt that somehow, some way. In fact, some people might even be hearing this program right now and feeling that very thing right now. I'm not sure what to say that would be comforting in this other than you are prayed for and seen right now. Mm. As we do this program, as we record this, we're thinking about the people that hear us. So if you are going through some of those issues right now where you feel like you literally are that alone and you're abandoned and there's no hope, contact us. Please reach out. Email or the website or our phone number. You'll hear that in a couple seconds in our break. Use them. Contact us because we have lots of friends out there that are wonderful at reestablishing truth and hope. Mm -hmm. And we'd love to get you in touch with people like that. So don't hesitate to contact us if there's a need you have spiritually. Loneliness is not the end of the road. Mm. Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the Word, inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. Please take a moment today to consider how you might help us to accomplish our unique media ministry and mission. Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Of course, there's nothing normal about our situation, 
But there's also nothing normal about the kind of faith and power we find in Jesus. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Reach out to us whatever way works for you. And now, back to our discussion. We have lots of friends out there that are wonderful at reestablishing truth and hope. Mm -hmm. And we'd love to get you in touch with people like that. So don't hesitate to contact us if there's a need you have spiritually. Loneliness is not the end of the road. Mm. And loneliness can be, if we allow it, a passageway Mm. into hope. If you believe you've got a shepherd. Yeah. And you believe that there's, as we would say, light at the end of the tunnel. You know, the valley of shadow of death, there's full of shadows is what it says. The valley that is full of shadows that Mm -hmm. seem like death. Yeah. And there are many different ways to read the Hebrew in that. Many times we feel like the shadows are real Mm -hmm. and that the blackness that seems to be within them is more real than the solid rock under your feet you're standing on, Mm -hmm. which seems treacherous because you're not used to balancing on boulders. All of those word pictures we're talking about right now are important and they're material to the conversation because if we feel like that emotionally then everything around us conforms to what we believe. Mm -hmm. And if we believe that there is no hope, we will find a way to make that true. Well, the Apostle Paul says, right now I look through a glass dimly, Mm -hmm. and I don't see things as they really are. At some point, there I will be face-to-face with the truth, (laughs) with Jesus himself, with my full self even, who I am as a human being, as a person, as a soul. And I think that our vision that David is talking about here in these verses, in verse 4 of the Psalm 23, is that my vision is such that these shadows look real. They look like death to me. You know, they're overwhelming me because my vision is not perfect right now. It's not 2020 vision. It's whatever that keeps me from seeing things as they really are. But then he goes on to say, I'm not afraid when you walk by my side. And he's talking about the shepherd that's guiding him. In our vernacular, that's Jesus. We're talking about Jesus is walking by us, the Holy Spirit that's guiding us. We're not seeing things clearly, but we know that we're secure, that we're safe because we have this shepherd who does see things as they really are walking next to us. That's a different kind of vision, too. Think about that. Right. And and then he says, your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. So the shepherd's staff that Jesus is wielding is not for discipline. Mm. It's for safety. And it brings us back into the path that has the most light on it that we can see where we're going a little better. I've heard people preach in a very disciplinary way that... When it says, thy rod and thy staff that comfort me, it means that they're expecting to be manipulated by both those things. Mm. That the rod for discipline to get you back in shape and correct you when you're wrong and the staff to pull you in close because you're out of reach for the shepherd. I don't buy that at all. I think when the scripture says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The sheep know what the rod is used for. It is to beat the living daylights out of an attacker. Mm-hmm. It is to defend, to defend them, them, not to correct them. Correct, yeah. So I do believe that that's a gross misunderstanding of what David himself is saying about his sheep. Because every time David writes about sheep, he writes tenderly. Yeah. 
He loved them. He loved his flock. He's not going to beat his sheep. There are other instances where discipline has had to be so severe that the rebelling sheep has to be crippled. And that is like a tragedy, not a useful tactic. It's something that literally compromises the value of that sheep, but it's the only way to keep them alive. You know, there are those scriptures that talk about that. But David doesn't deal with beating sheep. He deals with saving them. Mm-hmm. And so he is willing to go to the mat with the devil to save his sheep. And so all those images we have of the roaring bear or lion prowling, looking for someone to devour, those come from the images that David laid out about the enemy that we have, the enemy of our souls. Because his sheep, he knows, had enemies, hungry enemies. Mm -hmm. And if he didn't defend them to the death if necessary, those sheep might not survive. And that goes back to the provision that God shows us, even through this psalm, that He is providing safety Mm. and security for us as we walk through this death valley, as Eugene Peterson so eloquently put it in his translation of the psalm. That provision is something that we, I think, sometimes take for granted. We don't look at it maybe as provision. We just look at it, okay, that's life, and we have to do this, and God's supposed to keep us safe. And maybe God is supposed to keep us safe, but also God does. Mm. He does. Not that we won't face difficulty, not that we won't face Death Valley. In fact, the sheep will not get to where they are safe unless they go through this Death Valley. Exactly. There are things that we have to go through Mm. to get to the place of our heart's desire, Mm. our deepest needs being met. And God wants to take us to that place, but he wants to do it in a way that is safe for us. Yeah, when God addresses our deepest needs, he will always address our deepest fears. Mm. I believe that. Yikes, yeah. So if we are afraid of facing the things we're afraid of, Mm -hmm. it's often likely that we're going to avoid accepting God's provision for us because we're going to go through all those things together. Mm Mm-hmm. I do want my deepest needs met, but I'm not the one really that defines that. The Lord himself does. He knows how we're made and how we're built. He knows where our blind sides are. When I think about Rod and staff, they comfort me. Where are the times when I felt like I'm exposed here? I can't see everything at once. The shepherd has a different view than me, the sheep. He literally has stereo vision. He can see how far away something is. The sheep often just see the thing. And they don't have an idea how close it is because they don't have a lot of stereo vision. There's very little overlap in their eyes. They do have more perimeter vision. I think about the car we bought this past year. (laughs) It's got surround vision so you can see what's in the lane next to you. But it's a very distorted view when it shows up in your little camera screen there on the dash. You look at it and say, that's not how the world really looks. But at least I can see a car is coming up in that lane. It's useful, but it doesn't give you the full picture. I still find myself looking at the other mirror and look over my shoulder because it's safe. It's safer to do that. Mm -hmm. And use my stereo vision to verify the information I'm getting on that screen. Mm -hmm. Working together, those eyes get a much better understanding of what's really around you. But me being the sheep, sometimes I just got to trust that the stereo vision knows how far away the danger really is Mm -hmm. and what I need to do now, and probably is going to use that crook to reach around me and just tap me there and remind me, hey, I'm on that side too. Mm. And if our shepherd is somewhere we believe he's on our left side and our right side, and we know where he's going, we're not so worried about our position anymore. And we don't feel like we're being constrained either because we're walking with the shepherd. Mm -hmm. We're not following him and trying to catch up and scared to death because he's leaving us behind. We're not being shoved into a cattle car and being drug up a hill or something. We're walking 
with him. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is a providing of meaning and a purpose and a relationship. Mm-hmm. So whatever we are going through, stick with the going through part. Realize that if we're, if we're moving, it is a journey. If we're staying put, we will exhaust the resources we have around us. And the picture we're seeing here in the 23rd Psalm is green grass, lots of good water. But the other passages are there in order to bring us to the next green pasture, Mm -hmm. the next pool of water, the next spring. Well, I like how he says, too, after verse 4, we've gone through Death Valley, and he's taken us through that. He's walking by our side in that Death Valley. He then says, you serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. Mm -hmm. You're providing this banquet to celebrate what we've just been through. And what's a banquet to a sheep? It's like it's a field that has grass taller than yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if you are used to eating things a certain way because they're your favorites, and you're the sheep in this picture, there are certain things you would definitely not want to eat, even if they might be interesting to some other creature. You're not going to go browse up the top of a tree and get the little leaves off the top limbs. That's not what you're after. You were designed to browse and graze low down the things that God has provided for you right in front of your nose. If he sees a banquet in front of him, it's as far as your eyes can see, you've got something to eat, some glorious place to be. This is the best banquet I've ever seen. It's not somebody else's banquet. It's yours. Well, and to that point, honey, I can remember when our big kids were little that they always wanted to eat on the fancy dishes. Mm. <laughs> they, you know, and, you know, at first I was like, oh, these are our fancy dishes. I don't do that because they have gold around the rim and mm. I have to wash my hand. And, oh, what if they break one? And, you know, all these things. And it occurred to me that, you know what? That's what they're for. They're for using these fancy right. dishes. And, and they would tell us things like, it tastes better it on does. this plate. And I can remember once making, I don't know, like hamburger patties and mac and cheese or mm-hmm. something like that and having them on the fancy dishes. And the kids thinking, what are we celebrating? What is this fancy dinner that we're having? And it was not a fancy dinner. It was literally hamburgers and mac and cheese. But it was on but the, it was fancy, on the fancy plates. And yeah. I think God is all about serving us on the fancy plates. Mm. Sandy and I have more to talk about on the subject of contentment and provision from Psalm 23. And we'll continue this conversation on next week's Chasing the Word.
Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the Word, inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. Please take a moment today to consider how you might help us to accomplish our unique media ministry and mission. Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Of course, there's nothing normal about our situation, but there's also nothing normal about the kind of faith and power we find in Jesus. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, one 800 868 and note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Reach out to us whatever way works for you. We need you, friend, so contact us today. <laughs>